Blog Talk Radio. This is Patty Olstrand. This is K1 Radio, and we're on live today. And before we start on in on our, our new guest here, which of course is John Paul Reed, and he's got a brand new book out. But before we do that, we'll just take care of a little business. We've got something coming up real fast here, so here's a girl show. you come on out to the Hey Girls Americana Radio Show, hosted by Song River and Carol Pacey of Carol Pacey and the Honey Shakers. All coming to you live on KWOD Independent Internet Radio, broadcasting from the Ice House Tavern in Phoenix, Arizona. All sound recorded and mixed by Vintage Note Records. Come on out, check out the show, and then visit the website at blogtalkradio.com backslash KWOD radio. We'll see y'all out there. Of course, you got that, and we also have uh, a lot of other things coming up here. Real chats, obviously, we've got uh, Phoenix Comic Con coming in a week and a half, but before then, uh, we also have the Building a Dream, which uh, I will personally be at. On Wednesday, actually selling my personal books, uh, romance books, and then on Thursday, we will also be selling everybody else's books. T.M. Williams will be out, Angela uh, Carling will be out, uh, and I will be out there on Thursday. So, Building a Dream, uh, take a look at it online. I will definitely leave you the queue in here in a couple minutes here. Um, remember, the chat is right underneath the information about the show. So. If you have any questions or you need to find out more about some some really cool events that are coming up, definitely let me know here down down at the bottom of the show. Our call in number is seven one four two four two five one four five. That's seven one four two four two five one four five. No, it's not an eight hundred number. So if you're in a, if you're on a cell phone, then you'll probably get that for free. But if you are uh, on landline, then this is going to cost you something. So. We're going to get started here. We'll talk a little bit about our guest here. He is the brand new author of Reckless Ambitions, the Medford Family Chronicles, new fantasy adventure series by author John Paul Reed. The beloved and respected Emperor John Cardelian IV is dead. His four sons, a cleric, a fighter, a magic user, and a business businessman slash thief. All intend you know, most most of quite a few businessmen are thief, I know. All intend to destroy each other, to rule the Palomarian uh Empire. Earl Thomas Medford, the Lord of Chancellor, intends to win the impending civil war and marry his daughter off to the next emperor. Which brought brother to choose because all four are greedy, selfish, despicable and megalomaniacs. Well, it sounds like a rip-roaring good time and something definitely worth reading. And, of course, fantasy is your own world-building. Let's get John on here. Hey, can you hear me? John, hey, Patty, how are you? Yes, I'm right here. I'm can you hear me? I'm <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> delighted you can hear me. And, yes, I, I'm very excited about my book coming out. And uh, I should say uh, it, uh, it's pronounced... Um, Palomar or Palomarin, so Palomarin Empire, not Palomarian, right? <laughs> Palomarin. 
Right. <laughs> so, so one, I, I, I got one letter in there that I tried to put in there, huh? No problem. I, I guess I had an extra, <laughs> I, I had an extra, extra letter in there. So, sorry about that. But well, now we no got, problem, we, we got it right. Yes. What, what, and, would you, what would you like me to talk about first? Well, I want to talk about you first. I want. To, we want to know. Uh, you know, because oh. readers like to know. You know, they like to know about okay. their. You know, who they're. Who they're reading, okay. so tell us about been, you. Okay. I've been enjoying role-playing games for decades. Uh, first edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons really has always been my favorite, and I've been playing that since easily 1977, 78. And uh, I've been dungeon mastering campaigns for many years. Um, as my file cabinet and computers filled up with materials over years, I finally decided to take my original AD&D campaign world as the setting for my story. I started writing this book, good heavens, almost almost uh, 12 years ago now, in 2003, when I was living in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I, uh, I was running a Dungeons & Dragons campaign there, and I shared, the, I shared a, a brief snippet of uh, history from my campaign world with a very nice fellow out there named Max Massey. And he encouraged me to continue writing. He thought it was a good story. Um, I actually set the project aside for many years. But uh, there is one person I wanted to spe uh, give special attention to, Patty, a very amazing lady named Mrs. Laura Thompson, who lives in Brimfield, Illinois, near Peoria, Illinois. Because about... Three years ago, I was running uh, another first edition AD&D campaign adventure in Peoria, Illinois, and Laura just fell in love with my campaign world, my, my uh, details, my story, my history, and it was Laura who really nagged me, I mean, uh, encouraged me to, <laughs> to uh, uh, continue. Get you, in, get you in trouble there. I, I know it was it, it was it was Laura who inspired me. There we go. It was Laura there you who go. inspired me. That's a good word. Yeah. A safe word. Right, 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 right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. She inspired me to continue with the story. Now, um, many people have been incredibly encouraging and helpful with me, and I also wanted to thank you, Patty. Your in your perfect and marvelous editing skills have made it possible for me to share with everybody my uh, uh, my exciting story with, with within my uh, campaign world. And, uh, good heavens, uh, where would you like me to start? Um, what, what would you where would you like me to go from here? Well, you did. Where were you born? I mean, you can't give us the oh, you know the juicy details yes. of your childhood. Oh dear! Oh dear! Well. I was born on September. I was born on September twenty ninth, nineteen sixty five. That means I'm a Libra, uh, and uh, let's see, my sun sign is Libra, and my moon sign I think is Ares. I think I've never fi fully figured out that out. But anyway, uh, I grew up in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Uh, I was very fortunate to be raised by my maternal grandparents, uh, Daryl and Dorothy Lucas, and um, they. Uh, uh, I lived I lived in New Jersey suburbia, very close to New York City. Uh, it was there that I began uh, playing fantasy role playing games for many years. 
Uh, I played all sorts of games, everything from Avalon Hill games to um, first edition AD&D and then later editions. I certainly enjoyed video games and um, computer games. And uh, I grew up with a lot of amazing people who uh, enjoy cosplay and going to conventions. And uh, I've been a teacher for about eight years, and I've also been a fundraiser for two major nonprofits, the uh, Boy Scouts of America and the National Kidney Foundation. Um, as a teacher, I taught special education um, three years in uh, Shepherdsville, Kentucky, not too far from Louisville, Kentucky, and then another three, three and a half years, almost four years in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, right now, I'm uh, excited about my new career as a writer and an author, and um, let's see, I'm um, I'm going to be, I, I will admit, I'm going to be 50 uh, this September, this coming September, I hit the big 5-0. But um, again, I'm, I'm happy and I'm excited and uh, I'm looking forward to writing more. Um, certainly with, uh, with the encouragement I've been getting from Patty and from many others with Arizona Publishers, um, I'm excited and I really hope that everyone will enjoy my new story. Well, definitely a fan fantasy adventure, and you know, based in, in history. Uh, talk yes. to us about you know, how you, how you came up with the, the idea of actually, you know, what time period that we're talking about here. Yes, um, <clears throat> I've always been fascinated by multiverse stories, stories that are set in parallel dimensions from our own or alternate realities. Uh, one might say, mm -hmm. I was trying to capture a realistic fantasy where uh, my setting is medieval in technology and uh, social strata. Uh, I would say circa 1100 AD uh, European feudal societies. However, uh, the setting is actually in a parallel dimension or a uh, prime material plane that is very close to our own. Um, and uh, again, uh, I pulled this from my uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons days, and uh, I, uh, I, it meshed very well with the story I wanted to tell. Now, I wanted to try to write realistic fantasy, Patty, which for me is human, it's human motivations, actions, and mistakes, even when they command phenomenal cosmic powers. I, I wondered what I would do if... I were a powerful wizard. I mean, of course, I would try to amass a fortune, build my own kingdom, and bedazzle some lady supermodel. But uh, now, now imagine a world where most people would do the same thing, hence the title, Reckless Ambitions. <laughs> okay, yeah, and exactly. I remember when uh, you first, we were talking uh, about the Medford Family Chronicles, and I said, well... That's not really the title. That's your subtitle because you're, you're going to have that in all of your books. And yes. so um, I'm glad that you, you – yeah, Reckless Ambitions is definitely a word that depicts your story. And uh, going yes. back to your technology, your technology of the medieval times, I mean, you can see that right on the cover. I'm looking at your book right yes. now, by the way. And yes. um, you have you have your your firelight uh, in the sconces. In the, in the tunnel, yes. and uh, yes. then you've got you know lanterns and you know in the doorways of uh, the the, the uh, yes. drunken 
kitty cat tavern tavern there. And uh, so, you know, you definitely got that, those things right, you know, and that's something that's important. uh, Because it's set in 1100 A.D. uh, European technology, which was just at the very, very beginning of gunpowder or or pre-gunpowder society. Uh, Of course, the society is structured on feudal systems. You've got You've got kings, you've got princes, you've got dukes, you've got barons, you've got counts, and then then you've got all of the other quote unquote commoner peasants. You know, and uh, uh, the uh, it's amazing how I've tried to capture both uh, common peasant and noble settings in my stories. Now, okay, um, what's amazing to me is I wanted to write a book that I would enjoy reading, Patty, like J.R.R. Tolkien. I knew where I wanted to end but I wrote much of it as I went along. Now, characters are important to me, and every character mentioned, I hope, has a purpose. As in any advanced Dungeons & Dragons adventure, everything is important to the players, or in this case, the readers. (laughs) And uh, yes, uh, I'm very excited. I keep saying over and over again, I'm very excited, I'm very excited. But this book has taken almost 12 years to put together. Though I must say, it really came together neatly in the last two years, and uh, I I just hope when people read this, they will get uh, they will get a story that will appeal to them, that they'll be able to relate with a wide variety of characters. Oh, definitely, definitely, and of course you've got uh, you got the four brothers, yeah. The, the, yes. And of course this is. This is something that, you know, uh, that if you were writing a romance, this would be perfect because four brothers, you know, he, he has to eventually yes. find, uh, you know, lovers and, of course, eventually, you know, uh, yes. partners for these four people. Yes, indeed. And, uh, but, but in the meantime, yes, let's what, talk about the four brothers. Let's just talk about the four brothers because it's the, obviously yes. a very important part of Yes. You know, yes. The emperor is dead. And right. so there's obviously the father, and he's right. got four what? sons now all fighting for the throne. Right. Now, I want to clarify something here. Emperor John Cardillion IV, he died suddenly. For years, he deliberately left his succession plans open. He was a sort of man who enjoyed having his four sons compete with each other, to try to win his, his win his affections and be designated his successor. So when 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 he suddenly had a uh, a series of sharp strokes that killed him off, uh, it was a surprising event. And uh, I have it here in the book that uh, scribes, even while he was having his strokes, the scribes were running up to him with a quill and uh, and scroll parchment, and he. He, he, just like Peter the Great in our in our uh, in our history with Russia, uh, Emperor John Cardillion wrote out. He scrawled out, "Give it all to," uh, and then he died. So the four <laughs> brothers, yeah, the, 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 yeah, well, the, the four quite, brothers. Quite uh, for our story there. <laughs> exactly, and I, I took that from Peter the Great himself, uh, and uh, one of the most famous czars of Russia. And now the four brothers, they're all greedy, they're all despicable, they, they all are bloodthirsty lunatics, they all, they all don't care if they have to kill thousands, if not millions of people, just so long as they win, you know. Now, uh, the, first, the first brother, 
the eldest brother, is actually the thief, quote-unquote, businessman. Um, may I call him a, um, for lack of a better comparison, I like to think of him as a godfather figure, you know, uh, uh, a gentleman who uh, wor works with corporations and has a, has a lot of uh, has a lot of assistants and friends and a, a family to sort of unify everything. Anyway, um, this character, um, Philip Canelon, uh, he is the he is the uh, thief businessman and the eldest of the four. Now, the next son or the next brother, that is arch cleric Simon Samalak Cardillion. Simon Samalak is a fanatical worshipper of the fire god Zemelon and all that that implies. He's a, he's a religious fanatic. He would like nothing better than to turn the Palomaran Empire into a rigid religious theocracy where everyone would either worship fire god Zemelon or be burned at the stake as a heretic. You know, this, this, this is mm -hmm. the sort of man uh, the cleric is. Now, the, uh, the third brother, the fighter, uh, uh, Field Marshal David Norton Cardillion. Uh, he is the typical general. He's the uh, bloodthirsty maniac who uh, uh, it, it loves to command armies. And uh, he's, the, he's the sort of guy, I modeled him after Caligula from ancient Rome. Uh, David Norton is the sort of fellow, he would pin a medal on you for bravery and heroism and then uh, invite you to dinner, and then he would try to poison your food to see if he could kill you off and get away with it. Ha, 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 isn't that funny? You know, like uh, that, that, uh, that arbitrary capriciousness uh, symbolizes uh, the, the David Norden, exactly. Now, the, um, the fourth brother, uh, Richard Lothar Cardillion, Baron Richard Lothar Cardillion, He's the youngest of the brothers, and in some ways, he is the most dangerous because he he is a tremendously powerful wizard, with uh, and he is part of the Game Masters University. The Game Masters University is a group, an affiliation of wizards that actually spread across the multiverse. They have a sacred mission to explore the multiverse and discover and record games to try to find all sorts of games to play. Now, uh, some of these games can be deadly serious. They can, they can involve death. They can involve destruction, uh, right on down to simple games like uh, jacks. You know, I mean, uh, this is what they do. They, the Game Masters University, they explore the multiverse, searching for new and exciting games to play that would augment and strengthen their magical abilities. Now, uh, Lo Lothar... Uh, Baron Lothar, the youngest brother, uh, he's very eager to secure the throne because he wants—he literally wants to start sorting the entire population of Palomar, find out who has magical talent, and, and which means that they're valuable and, and worthwhile. And then all of the other people that don't have magical talent, well, the, the heck with them. You know, like that—that that would be his thinking. So each of the four brothers has their own power base, their own. Um, supporters, their own followers, and uh, the 12 provinces of Palomar seem neatly divided between the four of them. Um, it's almost like uh, for the average citizen of Palomar, and here we can talk about some of the other characters, uh, with the average citizen of Palomar, it's sort of like, okay, pick your poison. You know, or do you want a, do, do you want a, um, <laughs> I'll go down the list here. Do you want a, 
a religious theocracy where everyone has to worship the same way? Do you want a military dictatorship where everyone would join the army and conquer everybody around them? Uh, would you like a majocracy where the most powerful wizards and mages and magic users would would decide everybody else's fate or destinies, or would you like a would you like a rich merchant oligarchy led by our peace businessmen? Would you like a would you like a corporation running the empire and uh, controlling your destiny? So again, it's sort of like pick your poison. <laughs> now the. Uh, I hope I haven't gone into too much detail here. I, I can talk forever about my book. I love it so much. But, um, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, 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 the emperor's best friend, a major character named uh, Earl Thomas Medford, he is the Lord Chancellor of Palomar. He has a deliciously gorgeous, beautiful daughter that he would like to see marry the right brother to become the next empress of Palomar. Uh, the problem, though, is, and it, it, isn't it amazing how so many women, they never obey their father's will, and they always seem to get into their own sort of trouble, right? Um, uh, Lady, Lady Christina Medford, uh, of course, she, uh, she has fallen in love with a handsome young imperial guardsman, and um, uh, needless, need, needless <laughs> to say, if her, fa if her father ever finds out about this, heads would roll. Yeah, so again, as I say on the cover, um, there's, it, uh, there's some benefit to being, a, to being the father-in-law, you know? Yes, In this yes, case. exactly. <laughs> yes. And, uh, well, anyway, um, again, uh, I think I've got a multi-layered story. Um, I've only mentioned the major plot points. I have hundreds of other plot points all weaving together. Um that's, I'm that's, also that's delighted. Sure. I'm, I'm also delighted to point out that yes, the the romance between Lady Christina Medford and the handsome Imperial Guard officer uh, Nicholas Armand, uh, that that's a major plot point, and uh, their uh, their escapades and their challenges and keeping their love affair secret. Uh, I'm very proud of. I'm very sure. proud of all of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm very I'm very proud of all of that, and uh, as I say on the back cover, uh, why why take the risk for love? Well, love is insane and irresistible. So, uh, um, and uh, what's really what's really exciting is the uh, um, I've always loved an aspect of Dungeons and Dragons that seems to have been forgotten for many years. That aspect is called psionics. What are psionics? Psionics are mental powers. They are literally far better or superior to ordinary magic. If you are using conventional magical spells in my book, you need to use wands, you need to use uh, words, you need to use uh, gestures and hand gestures and, uh, and spell components. Now, psionics, mm -hmm. however, are all instantaneous in the mind. So while, while a conventional wizard might take three or four seconds to cast a fireball spell, uh, during those three or four seconds, you could literally have hours of psionic combat uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in the mental realm of psionics. You could literally have that sort of combat while uh, an ordinary wizard is just simply casting a conventional spell. Now, um, again, one of my... Uh, 
Game Masters University majors, uh, Professor Oliver Wendell Enelin. He's a uh, He's shocked when uh, his mentor tells him, guess what? You have psionics. You need to develop them. And, uh, and yeah, like, we don't want to get... Really? What? I think, we, I think we need to keep that part secret. Ah, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay, well, let... let, let, let I, want to, okay. I want people not, okay. to, not, to, not to know about that yet. Well, don't ah, you think you've okay. got to yeah. leave something for the well, imagination, John. That's true. And uh, uh, well, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about D and D for for Dungeons and Dragons for a minute. Yes. You you've done you've been playing for a very long time, and there obviously always um, a lot of debate that goes around, you know, especially for families uh, with you know uh, young adults who enjoy D and D, and you know obviously some parents who are worried about that. What do you have to say yes. about that? Well, um, I, it's really strange how any single game or hobby out there seems to eventually have some sort of crazy person taking things to extremes and doing harmful things. Um, what's <laughs> interesting to me is that Dungeons & Dragons is it's a fun game. It encourages reading, research, and working together for a common goal. The players in an average D&D campaign, they work, they work together to achieve great things. Um, I, I see far more positives than negatives in playing Dungeons & Dragons, but this is awfully hard to convince to someone who uh, has, a vero, has a very narrow, um, how shall I say it, a very orthodox religious viewpoint. And... Um, I, I hope my story will try to convey a little more of the uh, multicultural awareness and the um, the uh, openness that anyone can enjoy playing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and there's no need to go to extremes. I agree. I agree. So uh, you do other gaming as well. Tell us about you know oh, yeah. your other escapades. Well, uh, I've been I've been involved with running many conventions from a uh, 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 Star Trek convention in Baltimore with my dearly departed friend Ed DiRigirio, uh right up to uh, uh, Gen Cons and uh, Maricopa Con here in uh, Phoenix, and uh, I've also I've also offered table games and Dungeons and Dragons campaigns at many of these conventions. Um, I've um, I love to play an Avalon Hill game called Diplomacy, which is, in a way, one could describe it as seven-player chess, where uh, no one person is strong enough to win the game on their own. You have, to, you have to negotiate, you have to make alliances, and you have to backstab people to eventually win. Um, I, that's a fun game I enjoy playing an awful lot. Uh, I've played many, many other games, whether they're role-playing or table games. Um, and uh, I should point out that uh, one, of the, one of the nice things about uh, the gaming industry is that there, there's, some, there's a game that appeals to everyone. Do you, I mean, depending on what you enjoy. Do you enjoy uh, Japanese samurai? Well, guess what? There are like eight or nine different games that simulate samurai battles uh, in Japan. 
Uh, do you like ancient Rome? Well, guess what? There, uh, there are many games out there, such as uh, Civilization, uh, Siege of Jerusalem, and uh, many other Roman-style games where you can attempt to become Julius Caesar yourself. Um, all of these take a bit of historical knowledge to really appreciate and have fun with them. Um, another favorite game of mine, while I'm rattling them off here, uh, is a game called Kingmaker. It's an Avalon Hill game that simulates the English War of the Roses uh, between the houses of York and Lancaster. And uh, good heavens, uh, uh, reading Shakespeare and having fun with Shakespeare helps you appreciate the game Kingmaker when you play it. And um, it's, a, it's a wonderful way to get people involved not only in history, but in community activities. Uh, every, every game has its own fan organization. And uh, one reason why I enjoy Facebook so much is that you can find so many other people out there who enjoy the same sorts of things you do. That's for sure. That's definitely true. And of course, lots of lots of authors out there who uh, you know, partake on Facebook quite a bit. So that's always a good platform for for authors there. So, yes, um, so I'm going to go back a little bit and talk about your fantasy uh, fiction novel here. Um, yes. There are thousands of fantasy fiction novels, so why did you decide to create one? Well, um, I, again, because of my uh, background and because of my love for D&D and that genre, um, I, I wanted to try... I wanted to try something that I thought was missing. Um, I can't even really put it into words, but I come back to my realistic fantasy idea. Uh, again, like, um, it, it's, uh, it's not enough to be a wizard and fight monsters. You need, a, you need a history. You need a motivation. Why are you in the dungeon? What are you hoping to gain? What, what's the goal? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to save a village of innocent people or are you trying to save your kidnapped family or you know I, I wanted to I wanted to connect fantasy books again with simple human motivations um, one observation and some people may shoot me for saying this I love of course J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings he sort of set the tone and the standard for all of the books out there but if, if you read J.R.R. Tolkien, um, you know what? Uh, there, for instance, there's very, there's very little sex in the book. I mean, uh, Samwise Gamgee has 13 children with Rose Cotton. But no, most people don't know this unless you read the appendix in the back of the Lord of the Rings book. And um, throughout the Lord of the Rings, everybody is, of course, trying to defend their homes and destroy the ring that's causing so much trouble to everyone. But I keep seeing, I keep seeing things that are missing from it. Uh, social climbing, amassing a fortune. You know, you get, you know, what's wrong with getting a little gold once in a while? Uh, uh, you know, um, building a life for yourself or defending, not only defending your friends, but uh, trying to climb climb the social ladder and get to the top at all costs. You know, this, uh, the, the, there, seems to be a, there seems to be a lack of ambition in a lot of stories that I've read. Now, yes, uh, there, there are exceptions, of course. Um, certainly, uh, George C. Martin's Game of Thrones is, uh, is all about ambition. 
But uh, again, when I was reading all of these fantasy books, I wanted to write a story that I would enjoy reading. And I wanted to include aspects of humanity that I thought were maybe not missing, but certainly lacking in some areas. Uh, I also wanted to say that um, I think I think fantasy is the best genre to write in because you can pull in so many different things and so many different aspects for your story. One of the reasons why I admire your books, Patty, your your uh, time travel series, your time conquers all travel uh, time ta- travel series, is that you manage to take. Vietnam War veterans and transport them back to 15th century Asia. And and that's an amazing achievement. And you you can't do that in many other different genres. Uh, Many genres trap you into certain things. So fantasy, I think, is... I, I think fantasy is the is the way to go now for new writers, and there's so many different things you can do with it. Well, I have to say that's, that's yeah. a nice kiss. It's a nice kiss up, by the way. So. Oh, well, Patty, I'm. Oh, by the way, Patty, I am. I am forever eternally grateful to you to help me getting my book published. And I just wanted to say that uh, uh, when I was trying to find a publisher. No, but no one seemed to be interested. Uh, publishers I approached only wanted sure things from established authors. Uh, I'm an unknown author right now, and many publishers believed from, for that reason that I just wasn't worth their time. Um, I, I'll never forget how I was referred to you by, uh, by a dear friend of ours, uh, Sharon Skinner, uh, who actually uh, turned me down. So... Um, Perhaps you could answer a question for me, Patty. Perhaps you could answer a question for me, Patty. What helped you decide that my story was sellable, and why take the risk with me? Well, first of all, you're eager. You didn't. You you don't let me uh, don't let me down. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you. yeah, honestly, there's something to be said about eagerness and and the ability to uh, get out there and make it happen. Okay. Just, I can't say that enough. And, and honest, honestly, you know, uh, we're talking about uh, Sharon and, and Bob. Uh, one reason is because they, they already had a lot of fantasy books already. Yes. Um, yes. And they were, at that at that point, he had already told me that he was really looking for science fiction. So, yes. you know, it, it was a matter of timing. And sometimes that happens, it's, you know. It's, uh, yes. I happen to be not a problem because... My big fantasy author, uh, Todd Van Hooser, is he regularly gets stuff out. So that only yes. helps, you know, helps everybody really uh, to yes. be able to. If he, he's, again, he's one of those ambitious sorts as well. So uh, bravo yes. For, yes. for for fan fantasy because it, it brings out competitiveness and and ambition. And apparently, ambition in 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 you guys. So it's just a terrific combination. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention, Patty, before I forget. Uh, I I think my book is particularly blessed with marvelous front and back covers. Um, I wanted to 
publicly thank. Wait, it is. Very you're just not waiting for me to ask. You're just not waiting for me to ask the questions, are you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Patty. Please go ahead. This is this is an interview. That means you know you have yes. to actually wait until I ask you questions. <laughs> ah, yes. I'm sorry, Patty. Okay. That's okay. So so since we're on since we're on it, it took me a little bit. Of, I was trying to find it. Um, we were talking since you brought it up uh, about the covers. We were talking about the. How that worked out. Now I remember we were at uh, Amazing Arizona Comic Con in February. Yes. And uh, I said, "Well, go, go and go out and seek yourself some fortune, <laughs> <laughs> and find yourself an artist who you know you would, who is close to what you're looking for." Yes. And then and well, then haggle with them on price because you know we have to have to stay within certain budget, as you know. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that's the two things is you got to find somebody who, well, three things: willing to do it, has the uh, scope and ability that you're looking for, or you know the the, the style, yes. what I call it, the style that you were yes. looking for, and of course the price has to be right. So. Yes. Uh, you went. You went out and looked, and so tell us what you found. Well, you don't have um, to tell them. You don't have to. The, the ones who did, who didn't take the job, or or you, or you found to be too much. Just right. tell us how you. Uh, the, the, just don't right. say who it is. <laughs> right. Yes. I'm sorry. What? I'm tell sorry, us what about how you. What, just don't tell right. us who who these other ones are because we don't want right. to make anybody. No, no, no. I, I understand. Okay. Well. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Zenoscope comic books. Um, the, the, while these comic books are definitely more for adults rather than for small children, uh, I enjoy the plots very much, and I think the artwork is superb. Uh, at, as you said, uh, I was exploring different artists at this uh, amazing Arizona convention, and uh, I was amazed when I ran into two artists from Zenoscope Comics. Chris Ennott, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Chris Ennott, and David Delante. Uh, Chris is a marvelous artist, and when I described to him what I was looking for, I actually gave him a scene from the book, and he read it and said, hey, I could do a great cover on this. And David Delante, he is the, um, uh, the inker, or the colorist. Yeah, the colorist, yeah. yes. Uh, so Chris, Chris actually drew the image in black and white, and then David did the coloring. And um, I also wanted to quickly mention, Patty, that uh, uh, the back cover was designed by an old friend of mine named Wilhelm Siegel. Uh, he's a graphic designer in Germany who I actually, quote-unquote, met on the Internet uh, several years ago, and we've kept in touch. And uh, um, he, he helped me develop the idea for the Game Masters University. Yeah, and it's always cool to be able to keep friends, and and now he can be your your fan. So there you go. Yes, yes, I'm <laughs> I'm very pleased with I'm very pleased with what we were able to do, and we kept it within budget. Absolutely. Um, yes. Okay. I'll I'll be quiet now and wait for your next question, Patty. Yes. <laughs> so when you were uh, the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this up is because actually I'm writing an article and and also I've just spoken uh, about 
how to find an artist and, and the problems that we've had uh, as, as or I've had as a publisher and with, with my authors, the issues that we've had to, uh, you know, get over, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. With the is the issues of the of the artists and you know finding the right one. Yes. Um, is it has this, you know each one each book has its own particular issues. So uh, yes. with fantasy. You know, uh, some people say, "Well, you know, it, it's not a comic book." No, it's not. But they're, depending on the book cover, um, depending on the book type, of course, um, something that looks like a comic book is actually definitely feasible. Yes. And, and uh, within within reason, because let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, with comic yes. books, they can get away with certain certain graphic nudity. Well. And violence, yes. <laughs> so, while violence is definitely depicted in book covers, there's no doubt about that. Uh, there's certain things that we have to, and, and I'm not going to kind of say it. Well, actually, I can, I, I can just go to say it because this is. Uh, I just said there, there, you can't have any. Maybe I shouldn't say it. this is a family show. <laughs> yeah. I won't say all it I exactly, know. but I had, I yeah. had to say all, all something is, could yeah. not be showing. Okay. Right, um, and that's why that's why I was delighted that uh, the Zenoscope artists that I found they they designed exactly what we both wanted, and uh, uh, we have a very tasteful, and elegant, and and exciting yep. cover. And, <laughs> and very and still very alluring. So yes. You don't have to be, yes. you know, have a naked woman on there to be alluring. So absolutely, uh, absolutely. <laughs> that's why you. And, and then, that's why you have to leave things violent, to the imagination. Uh, absolutely. Exactly, and and the and the violence is justified in this in this particular case. So, um, yes, yeah. You know, I happen that's to another, particularly. Yeah, that's, that's I happen, another thing I, happen, I wanted. To, yeah. Go ahead. What? That's another thing I wanted to point out. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to point out with what I was hoping to do with my book. So many books, whatever the genre, and so many movies, they go from action scene to action scene with. Um, all sorts of violence everywhere, sometimes with no point whatsoever. I try to use, when I use violence, it's usually, def it's always definitely plot related and has a purpose, okay? And um, uh, again, um, I'm, very, I'm very delighted that uh, so many plot points in my book were able to come together and lead right into the uh, sequel that I plan to have out uh, within, I think our target date is um, December of uh, December of this year, 2015, and uh, Capricious Deities. Yes, Capricious Deities. That will be the title of our second book. And um, again, I, I have a I have a projected I projected stories for five books. Reckless Ambitions is the first book. Capricious Deities will be the second book, and um, We'll continue from there, and I'm really, I'm really delighted to share my story with everyone. I bet I tried to gear my story for all ages. Um, at least um, anyone who reads my books, I believe they will find something that they will enjoy. Now, I don't know. Well, I, I would say that, I was that say it, I, yeah. Any anybody below twelve really shouldn't be reading this. Right. Well, uh, I, again, I. <laughs> 
I, I wanted to stipulate that I don't think, I don't think most, most fantasy out there is very difficult for young children. Uh, but yes, uh, I would agree with you. I would say anyone 12 years old and up would certainly enjoy my story. And um, yeah. I would also add that uh, I would also add that uh, I try. Yes, I actually kill off a character or two, but I try to be very judicious about it so that it furthers the plot and there's a definite reason for it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk anymore about that. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. But uh, anyway... No, we, um, we, we don't want to give away the baby in the water, okay? Right. Oh, no, no, <laughs> not at all. And and uh, I, I still don't think we have. So, uh, uh, but, yes, uh, but yes, Patty, uh, uh, I also wanted to thank you, Patty. The, um, uh, your... Your insightfulness helps me with one of my biggest challenges as a writer. I love words, and I love writing <laughs> lots of words. And this is yes, so easy for, for, anyone, for anyone to take a thousand words to say something that could have only been said with maybe 50 words. And this is what I am so eternally grateful for with you, Patty, because you actually helped me streamline my thoughts and my words. I mean, why why take a thousand words to say something I could say in 50 words? And and for this, I'm eternally grateful to you. Yes. And yeah. this, I'm eternally grateful for you. And, yeah, and well, way, actually, if, if, we're, if we're talking about bleeding manuscripts, I guess that's, that's, I'm very good at that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and by the way, this kind of leads into something I wanted to talk about a lot of people lately have been approaching me. How do you write a book? What did you do? How did you get started? What? And you know what? The hardest thing in the world for any new author, Patty, is literally taking your perfect and wonderful manuscript and turning it over to the editors. You know, so many people have a hard, terrible time with this. Uh, nobody, nobody wants to lose a single word from their manuscript. And, oh, and yeah. that and that that kills off many a novel. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean. Yeah, then, then, I I I often ask a question. Say, do you are you married to your words? Because yeah, if you are, and, then then, then you you do not have a marriage with me. Because right. you know and, you have to be able to to have to be able to uh, seek and destroy in order to rebuild and make it better. That's, that's right. that is always and, my goal with every single manuscript. And and that's make what I would that's what I would say. Right. That's what I would say to every aspiring writer out there. The hardest thing in the world is taking your beautiful story, your beautiful manuscript, and then and then with editors de- uh shrink it, destroy it, rewrite it and improve it. That that's the hardest yeah. thing in the world. And if if, if I would say this to any aspiring writer, if you can conquer that um, that word protection, if you will, in your mind, if you could con- if you could conquer the desire that to thinking your book is perfect as it is, uh, you know, th- then 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 you then you then you climb the top of the mountain and you're ready to. You're ready to uh, edit and get your book ready for publication. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know the thing uh, is though that you think you think that an independent uh, publishing company would be you know uh, 
you think that we're do you think I'm bad? <laughs> no, the, the big publishers, are, the big publishers are, are really vicious. Um yeah, and oh, they I, would absolutely have a problem changing your plot just, just because they want to. Because it's not line with what they think your direction should be. So I don't I don't change your direction. I just streamline you. Yes. And and, and that is worth that is priceless to me, Patty, and that is that is why I will always sing your praises. <laughs> well, it's good to know. We have a lot of books to go, so we'll see how you feel about me after book five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. Um, now, um, it's, it's, it's heavens, like uh, a marriage, you know. It's like a marriage. We're yes. we're just in our in our infestation in our relationship here. Uh, so you think I, I'm wonderful and, and beautiful right now, but boy, after the fifth, yeah. fifth year, who knows? <laughs> uh, I, I I know I know enough to do I know enough to do whatever you tell me, Patty. Everything's good. <laughs> hey, that's that's what we always need in every relationship: the man that does exactly what he's told. <laughs> yes. My my. By the way, my my grandparents who raised me, uh, Daryl and Dorothy Lucas, they were married. For over seventy-one years, seventy-one ah. years, and so you uh, learned this from your it, grandfather, apparently. Yes, yes, indeed. It was a, it was an amazing relationship, my grandparents, uh, Patty. Um, I gotta say it. Um, the um, <laughs> and I gotta say it. It was really an amazing relationship. In public, my grandfather was in charge. My grandmother was in command. Uh, excuse me. My grandfather made all the decisions, and he. Uh, he talked, uh, you know, he, uh, my grandmother would just support him in public. But in private, mm-hmm. oh, boy, uh, if I wanted to go out and play, I asked Grandma. If I wanted, if I needed something or I needed permission for something, I asked Grandma. And, uh, yes, mm-hmm. my, um, yes, uh, you have to have that trusting, faithful relationship, not only in marriage, but certainly between uh, an author and an editor. And, um, again, I'm a... I, I'm just overwhelmed that it, it all worked out so very well to get my first book out. I'm just, I'm holding my first book in my hand now, and uh, yeah. I'm just like, I, I'm uh, overwhelmed. I don't even know how to put into words what I'm feeling. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling like I could take on the world right now, and I certainly hope to. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, again, uh, the. The, the other thing I would say to aspiring writers who really want to get uh, a book written, I would tell everybody, you've got to be passionate about your subject. Uh, if you're yes. going to stay yes. up, if you're going to stay up until two in the morning, uh, editing and rewriting and proofreading what you've done to satisfy those editors, you've got to be passionate about what you're writing about. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. It, 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 well, it, it takes, look at the number. Yeah. If you look at the number of years that you've been working on this, yeah. um, and I had the same thing. You know, uh, twelve years. You know, I had my manuscript sat there, so uh, and I picked it up and and started working on it again. Of course, it took near death in order for that to happen. So hopefully, it's, you know, not everybody has that issue, but. Um, yeah. You have to you have to, you have to have that drive and, and determination. And the passion for what it is that you're doing because, you know, it gets really, really tiresome, really fast. <laughs> and yeah. uh, you, you, think it, you think that's tiresome for an author. You should see the, the editor at three in the morning still working on the manuscript. 
So, <laughs> which is what I do. But um, so, I have, so I have a couple more questions here for you, and we're starting to run short on time. But on the cosplay, um, yeah, I know that you really enjoy cosplay based on a lot of your pictures in Facebook. And uh, you know, you've gone to a lot of conventions. So tell us how you, you know, what you, how you see cosplay when it comes to writing uh, and the conventions. Well, again, um, I I have trouble when I write. I freely admit I used to have a lot of trouble with descriptions. I used to want to describe a character in great detail, taking a whole paragraph or two. You know, eye color, hair color, height, weight, uh, what they were wearing. You know, I put this all together in like one paragraph, and then, yes, uh, then Giant uh, butcher. <laughs> right, and, and then and then five five or six chapters later, when you come back to the same character, it's sort of hard to like, gee, I forgot what he looks like, or I forgot who this was, or what what he appeared like, but. By by studying and observing marvelous cosplay at many conventions, I was able to figure out how to present descriptions of characters, but not all at once, sort of spread out throughout the book. Uh, this way, a reader isn't put to sleep by all the details all at once in Chapter 4, and then the reader doesn't have to remember all of that when they get to Chapter 25, Right. So right, right. again, uh, I, I, I'm I'm amazed at the cosplay that I see in all of these conventions, men and women, the the details, the makeup, the costumes. Some some of these some of these cosplayers literally take years developing the right costumes. I remember last year at a Phoenix Comic Con. I met a fine young man who uh, had a marvelous cosplay costume of the Marvel Comics superhero Colossus from the X-Men. And mm-hmm. this young man literally painted his body, or his, upper, his arms and uh, upper half of his body, with uh, silver paint. And he told me it took five hours to get all of that done from the top of his head down to his waist. And, I, I, again, that takes amazing detail and commitment and skill. Yeah. And passion. And, yeah, definitely yeah, passion. passionate about cosplay. You wouldn't be sitting there for five hours putting that on. Exactly. I can do it. I'm not that patient, but... <laughs> well, I, um, uh, I, you know, uh, I... Um, I've worn a couple. I've worn a couple of simple outfits. Uh, anyone mm-hmm. looking at my uh, Facebook uh, account, uh, you can you can see my terrifying and uh, horrifying uh, dragon costume, and uh, um, I, I kind of say that kind of say that tongue in cheek. It's like a it's it's like uh-huh. a it's like a giant it's like a giant uh, green cap on with like a, two two long scarves where I can put my hands in, you know, <laughs> but. Um, I gotta say it. I, I as I get more familiar with uh, cosplay and cosplayers, over time I hope to eventually develop a really, a really impressive cosplay outfit that I can I can use uh, at several different conventions. I I haven't gotten there myself yet, Patty. I haven't gotten there yet, but I am I'm I'm really amazed at what I see at these conventions, and it's a 
it's a fantastic study and it helps me develop my characters. I mean, it helps yeah. me realize I I've met people at conventions who actually make chainmail, real metal chainmail that actually is heavy to wear. People don't realize how heavy armor is to wear. And um, when uh, if you're if you're in a medieval battle and you're wearing chainmail and you're out you're outdoors swinging a 15 to 20 pound sword over your head you're going to get worn yeah. out real quick. And it's so hard to oh, realize sure. that. And again, I learned all of this from cosplayers and uh, the Society for Creative Anachronism, SCA. Uh, again, these talented artists and craftsmen, uh, it's this sort of detail that makes a good book fun and, dare I say it, realistic fantasy. <laughs> sure. And then that's true. I mean, you got to really make your characters, you know, uh, fe- feasible. Um, yes. You know, fe- no, feasible. Yes. Practical is also a good word. But, oh, that's uh, better. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have some of the people giving me their feedback here. <laughs> oh, hey, I, um, uh, I'm curious. Yeah. So that was a question I had was, uh, you know, about the costuming. And, of course, it'd be, you had some really good costumes on your characters in the front cover, uh, thanks to the Unescope. So, you know, who knows? You might you might find somebody like that um, on one of these days at the conventions. Your characters come to life. Yes. I, wouldn't that be, uh, wouldn't that that would, be cool? That would be a big thrill. Yes, it would. And, um, <laughs> um, again, I... Um, I hope one day that will happen. And uh, sometimes, sometimes, Patty, as I say in, a, in the book somewhere, uh, sometimes you just got to have a little faith that things are going to work out. <laughs> and so, um, good heavens. I, um, I want to... Uh, oh, uh, uh, what else would you like to ask? Do we still have time? Well, or are we we, want, yeah. Yeah, we want to talk about... We want to get forward here. We want to talk about your uh, your book launch party. On Saturday, yes. so let's talk about that. I mean, goodness yes. sakes, you got to tell everybody about this. Absolutely. On Saturday, uh, May 23rd, uh, 2015, at Imperial Outpost Games, a marvelous gaming store uh, here in Glendale, Arizona, which is part of Phoenix. It's on Thunder, it Thunderbird Road. It is located on Thunderbird Road near 49th Avenue uh, from noon to 4 p.m., I will be there, uh, and I will be signing autographs to anyone who wants to purchase my book. Uh, we'll also have some um, some snacks, some uh, uh, you know finger food snacks, and some uh, some juice or something. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have a good turnout. I'm very uh, I'm looking forward to it a great deal. A lot of people on Facebook have uh, have sent me notes encouraging me, and uh, I'm hopeful that we'll have a decent crowd and. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward. Uh, I, I'll confess this. I I try not to I try not to let my ego dominate things. But I have to admit, uh, I think it is going to be a thrill for me to actually autograph my book for people who are going to read it. And I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to that a great deal. <laughs> there there is nothing like the uh, nothing like being able to autograph your books. There is nothing yeah. like that. So. Um, yeah, well, I think it's probably the same thing for uh, album cover or for you know uh, artists of any kind. But um, with 
with the books, you know, we've been so many hours on it, uh, so many weeks, so many months, so many years, uh, and then when we can finally autograph it for someone who's going who's excited to to see us and want to read it, but our book, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. <laughs> I, I wanted to. I, I also wanted to thank Mr. Darren Johnson, the owner of Imperial Outpost Games, who's oh, definitely. very graciously, Thanks, Darren. yeah, absolutely, very very graciously helping host this event. And um, I I would uh, again I I want to get a big crowd for his for his store. He really has he has everything. He's got miniatures. He's got tabletop games. He's got role playing games. He's got he even has a few. Uh, um, uh, electronic CDs for uh, fantasy gaming online. I think he's. I think he's doing. I think he's doing some three D printing as well there. Yes. Yes. And uh, again, uh, I, uh, you know. I, 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 de- I deeply admire him very much. He really. He really has a. He really has a fine store. Um, let's see. Um, he has a love for gaming. That's for sure. He's got a passion absolutely. for it. And, and he's extremely knowledgeable. If you, if, if, what I always admire most about Darren is if you're not sure what you're looking for, and you try to describe for him what you're looking for, he will he will immediately say, "Hey, I got just what you, I just got just what you're talking about. Take a look at this." And he always has excellent recommendations to help people find the right games and the right equipment for them. Uh huh. Definitely, and uh, so your book is on pre-order. Yes, on Amazon oh, um, as well as at the publisher's website, and, and yes. of course your website. Yes, www.palomaranadventures.com. And um, also, I uh, wanted to point out that uh, we have a pre-sale pre-order special. Uh, the uh, the book is only seventeen ninety-five with the pre-order sale. And we offer free shipping for anyone who orders the book before before midnight this Saturday, before midnight uh, May twenty third. Right. So in other words, they've got until Sunday. Right. Right. And uh, again, and um, I'm just, just let everybody know I've got uh, the uh, links here. The one I just put up was for the also for Amazon uh, yes. for the. Yes. Pre-sale book and the also the ebook uh, Kindle ebook is also up uh, again. These are all pre-sale. That means that you guys can't read it until Sunday, unless right. you know, unless you, of course you want to come to you know. That's why it says we did this for Sunday. Hey, you can get it on Saturday if you come out to Imperial Outpost. Yes, and join us and for some for some refreshments and for some good time. Yes, indeed. And by the way, uh, uh, has any has uh, I has anyone called in? I'm curious. Has any is, is anyone uh, called in with questions for me? No, no, nobody called in. But I did get that one one question. Um, yes. That I already asked uh, from somebody on Facebook. Okay. So, and of course, a reminder that we were we needed to say something about the event. Of course, we were going to say something about the event people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, 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 um, I wasn't. I wasn't I, I'm not sure. I'm not in that duties. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was certainly going to mention the event. I just didn't. I wasn't sure exactly how much time we had left. I, uh, I want to make sure to mention one or two other things before we go. But I also wanted to just say that uh, 
Uh, I'm very grateful to everyone who uh, has taken the time to get involved with my new company, Palomar and Adventures, LLC. Uh, there are six people I would like to salute as members of my executive board, and I want to read this alphabetically here. Um, okay. Uh, the, the members of my executive board are David Hughes, John McDougall, Pamela Noyes, Joanne Reed, my sister, Laura Thompson, and Willard Watts. Uh, these uh, six people, plus you, Patty, have made it possible for me to share my story, my fun, my passion with anybody else out there who enjoys imaginative and creative fantasy reading. Very good. And what else did you want to mention? Well, uh, I, I, I wanted to say also that, um, you know what, the, the, the biggest joy for me is telling good, exciting stories that people will share with others. If one person enjoys my book and recommends it to a friend, hey, take a look at this. This is really cool. You should look at this. I, I've, I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish with this. And um, I, I'm excited. I'm ready now to start working on the second book, uh, Patty. I'm, uh, we'll, <laughs> I, I'm sure we'll hit the ground running on that. And um, by the way, I also wanted to mention every Monday night at Imperial Outpost Games, I run a first edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons campaign. I've been running this at Imperial Outpost Games for over a year now, since March of 2014. And uh, uh, I also wanted to salute several players there who've also been a big help to me. Uh, Keith Gettleman, um, David Doc Anderson, uh, I've already mentioned John McDougall, uh, and, of course, uh, uh, many others who joined us over the last year. But uh, I just wanted to say again that... Uh, Why, they better uh, be listening. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, thr I'm thrilled to death that uh, I get such wonderful... I get such wonderful plot ideas and story points from people who are playing in my game. And, <laughs> but when they do, when when I when I as a dungeon master, when I plot uh, uh, an encounter with monsters and traps, and oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna really get the party this time. And it's amazing to me when these guys manage to outwit every nefarious uh, every nefarious scheme I plot for them. So. Uh, I just wanted to salute my D&D &D players, and uh, yes, uh, we, we do this every Monday night from 6 o'clock to 9.30 and, um, in the evening, and uh, I just wanted to express my gratitude to, anybody, to everybody who's played with us over the last 14, 15 months already. Sounds good. Uh, I did want to bring up uh, something because somebody was saying something about yes. uh, on the romance side of the book. Uh, yes. I. I would I would call it a you know a very tame uh, romance. It's not uh, there's no detail. There is yeah. there is well, you do you do not get to watch to see what ha what's, what's happening as a reader. So uh, well, so in other words, I, it would, it was what I would call a clean romance. Yes, I would I would say it this way. I believe in imagination. Um, everybody everybody has their everyone out there. I think, in my humble opinion, has their own idea of what constitutes really, really intense love or lovemaking or whatever. 
And I think it's better to leave things like this to the imagination. Uh, like, uh, without spoiling anything, I can say I can say at one point in my book, quote, as their lovemaking commenced, you know, okay, I'm not going into details, I'm not being disgusting or vulgar or anything like that, but I'm leaving it to the reader. Aha, okay, so they're, 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 they're beginning they're beginning. No, we know, we okay, know, we know, we know what? what they're up to, and we don't need right. the details. <laughs> right, and, 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 that, and that I think... That, I think, is very important because then the reader can imagine their own details that they enjoy, and it right. fits perfectly with the story. Right. Yeah. So, so that's uh, one reason why, I, you know, I would never say that if it was were intense that, that, that uh, I would suggest anybody uh, 12 to 14 or 15 or 16 years old to read the book. So... This is definitely, there's no, uh, obviously with them, there would be no imagination to there. So, right. <laughs> as well, we hope not. But at least they'll gloss right over right. that, you know, right. right. The, the, right. They'll say, right. oh, it's mom and, mom and dad gushy stuff. We don't like to talk right. about Right, right, kissing so, again. Right, right, okay. Yeah, and, yeah. They jump, they, and they jump right over it, and they go into, into they're more interested, interested in the action and, and the details of the people. So... Right, uh, right. You know, and that's the only reason I would say, you know, nowhere younger than now is because of the violence level. Uh, you well, do yes. have uh, forced warlike scenes. And, and yes. again, you have princes who are real rat bastards. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that's, that's the uh, Let me conclude with this, Patty. That, 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 or let me just reinforce this. That's the sad part about politics and uh, trying to trying to fight for real power, because let's face it, if you're going to if you're going to compete on that kind of level for real power, you better play to win, and that means yeah. being mean. That means being vicious. That means uh, that means causing a lot of death. <laughs> right, um, and, and really, honestly, that, we said right right in the back cover, you know, ruthless and. And and this yeah. is a megalomaniac uh, type of brothers yeah. here, with, uh, I, you know, princes. I, I, so, as my, you know, as my should, should understand they're going to be they're going to be vicious to each other as well as anybody's right. around them. Right. As, as I say, <laughs> as I say on the back, as I say on the back cover, and as I say is my elevator pitch for the book. When phenomenal yeah. cosmic power clashes with reckless ambitions, you know that many people are going to die. <laughs> There you go. So that's yeah. something to keep in mind, everyone, when you're buying books for your children. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would. I would. say. I would say twelve. Twelve years old enough. I would say would would be perfect. Uh, twelve years old enough. And uh, yeah. Uh, again, and I um, and I wouldn't even say that, except I happen to know a lot of a lot of nine year olds who probably can handle it. And I've I've seen them pick up the huge volumes of of uh, Harry Potter books and still able to read it. So. Uh, you know, it, it depends on 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 your, the ability of the child to read. Right. So there's nothing, uh, my, there's nothing. There's nothing in my books. Very good point, Patty. There's nothing in my books that would be any more uh, horrific or uh, than than anything than than Harry Potter. Um, I mean, of course, J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is an amazing author and an amazing lady. I admire her very much, and uh, I I would. I would never even dream trying to compete with her, but uh, I, I'll just say that yes, my 
my story, there's nothing in my story that would be any more, uh, more shocking than what's in Harry Potter already. Uh, I, I'm not saying I, I certainly didn't take, I tried didn't, I did not take anything from Harry Potter. I'm just saying comparatively. Right. Uh, I got it. Right. I got it. <laughs> yeah. I think I we, we all understand. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm hoping so, I'm making so, this clear for all of our all of our listeners out there. Yes. <laughs> right. Who asked a question about whether or not it was, you know, right. as an that you think any violence is tasteless is is tasteful, but the you know it's necessary for the for this particular story because of the characters in which right. we're talking about. Right. So with and, that. Uh, I, with that so uh so we definitely got books up and and we got ebooks up and we're gonna be out at uh we're gonna be out at imperial post on saturday at from at from noon to four and so yes. come on out and have some fun everyone absolutely so with that I'm gonna, with that i'm gonna say good night john oh good night what yeah go ahead thank well, I just wanted to say again, for anyone who's listening to our uh, broadcast, thank you very much for your time. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can email me at uh, uh, jreed at palomarandadventures.com. And uh, good heavens, I'm I'm just thrilled to death to share my fun with everybody else. Come to Imperial Outpost, get my book, and enjoy what I believe is high-quality fantasy reading. Thank you all very, very much. and. Not Thanks, John, for coming on. Thank you, Thanks, Patty. John, for coming on and, and talking to us. And uh, we'll see you, because I plan on being out to see you as well. So, uh, you know, everyone come on out, because I'm going to be out there as well. So we'll all have a good time together. Terrific. That'd be and, good. Uh, again, thank you, <laughs> Patty, and, uh, and uh, good night, and God bless, and uh, I'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. That was that was John Paul Reed, and I uh, just wanted to say again uh, that will be at Imperial Post is, is is on Thunderbird Road and right across the street from ASU West, uh, forty nine hundred block, and twelve to four, and we will also be out. Uh, let's see, uh, I'm gonna be at the Arizona Dreamin' Book Signing. Uh, for romance books from 7 to 8.30, and that is going to be at, let me get to this one, at 4415 East Paradise Village Parkway South, and that is at the hotel. Uh, we're going to be at a Building the Dream convention, and so on Wednesday the 27th, I will be out from 7 to 8.30. Uh, we will have a bunch of authors out there. Uh, all the romance books, as many rooms you could possibly shake a stick at or, or read, you know, an entire year. So if you buy one of everybody's, you'd probably be set for the year. I could probably, well, unless, of course, you're just massively, massive fast reader. But anyway, uh, come on out and check us out. Uh, Building the Dream uh, Convention also going to be out with uh, several, you know, a couple of my other authors uh, from 6 to 7.30 on Thursday, May 28th. And then, of course, we will also be setting up at Phoenix Comic Con in space number 3118. That's 3118, and it's near the back. Uh, and on the when you come in the front, it will be on the left-hand side on the back. 
3118. And we will be in the booth that says Books and Creations. <laughs> trying to remember what we called it again. Uh, so we'll be in there with Michael Bradley uh, with his books as well. And so uh, we'll have a lot of good time. We have several authors at different times. Uh, so definitely check out my Facebook page and also uh, the Wad Media page to find out more about our times and who's going to be in the booth at certain times. Uh, we'll also be out on Friday the 22nd to uh, obviously Phoenix Comic Con, but we'll also be out most of the day at the uh, Arizona Dreamin' Building the Dream, Building the Dream Romance. I'm going to be doing a, a session on uh, what publishers are looking for, and that will be from 11 to 11:45, I believe. 11 to 11:45, we'll be talking to um, anybody who wants to hear it. Um, on what publishers are really looking for. And then also from 3.45 to 5.30, I will, I will actually be taking pitch lessons for romances. So if you've got a romance that you've been writing or, or, or have written, especially if you have written, uh, come on out and get a, you know, what I call a 25-word uh, elevator pitch. If you've got it ready, lay it on me. So... Uh, you got my undivided attention of a publisher from 3.45 to 5.30 on, on Friday the 29th. So with that, I'm going to say goodnight to you all. And, of course, I'll be out of Phoenix Comic Con all day on Saturday the 30th as well as Sunday the 31st. So definitely chances to uh, to meet to meet me and come on out. And we'll have the uh, radio show at least one of those days, probably on Saturday. And... Uh, and we'll all have fun together. So with that, I'm going to say KWOD Radio. And this is Patty Holstrand signing out because you know what? I want dinner too. So have fun and have a great week. <laughs>